Happy Friday. This is the No Tracers podcast. My name is Kay, known as No Tracers. Let's get into it. Welcome to the show. Welcome to No Tracers, the podcast where I take you on an adventure through the hidden gems and forgotten corners of the world. From abandoned buildings and tunnels to rooftop views and street art, join me as we uncover the secrets of the urban landscape. With interviews from experienced explorers, tips and tricks for navigating the urban terrain, and thrilling first-hand accounts of their explorations. Get ready to discover the world like never before. Come explore with us, but remember, leave no trace. So it's Friday, we're here, we're about to go exploring. I don't know where you're headed, but I hope this podcast gets you through your journey. My name is Kay, I am known as No Tracers. You can find me on Instagram, TikTok, Uh, I have a website, YouTube, No Tracers, Urbex. All my links are down in the description, but welcome to the show. This is No Tracers, a podcast all about urban exploring. If you're new, well, hey, this uh, the show comes out every Friday with different guests, sometimes just a solo episode, but most of the time I have guests that come on and share their urban exploring stories and the crazy things they've been through, their advice for newer explorers and veteran explorers. So if you like urban exploring, if you like abandonment, if you like decay, Subscribe. Subscribe to the podcast. If you do like it, please leave a rating and feedback. It helps the podcast grow. Helps us find more listeners just like you. So I love reading the feedback and I love hearing from you guys. Um, Also, I just started a broadcast channel on my Instagram at no.tracers. If you want to go over there, join the broadcast channel. It lets you know when new things are happening with the podcast, with with my life as an urban explorer. And uh, if I'm traveling to your area, I will often post where I will be. And uh, would love to link up with some of you guys. So definitely join that broadcast channel. It's It's been a really cool way to like connect and do polls and things like that. So uh, thank you. Thank you for doing that. This week on the podcast, I am speaking with an urban explorer from Chicago. His username is Dusk Till Dawn. His name is Dawn. And he is going to be talking about how he got started. He's going to be sharing uh, some insights with you guys that I think you'll be really interested to hear. And I'm very excited for this episode. But before we get into it, I just want to uh, talk about my last trip to St. Louis. So I just did a job in St. Louis. I was uh, filming a documentary for somebody uh, that I can talk about at a later date. I just can't talk about it right now because we're in the process of working on it. So we're kind of keeping it under wraps. But I went to St. Louis and I reached out to a couple friends. I knew Bentley Schatz lived there and I knew that Second Try lived there. So I reached out to both of them. Bentley got back to me. He was like, yo, let's go explore. I was like, fuck yeah, let's do it. So I met up with Bentley and Lucy Liu. Uh, if you, I haven't had Lucy on the podcast yet because she doesn't have a computer. And in order to do the podcast, you have to have a computer so that you can use the website that I use to record our sessions. But she's working on that. So uh, go hit up Lucy and tell her she needs to come on the podcast. Um, I'm sure she's listening to this right now. What's up? But yeah, I met up with Bentley and Lucy and we hit an abandoned church in St. Louis. Uh, you can see the video on my YouTube channel, No Tracers Urbex. And then we went and hit a rooftop for sunset. And I feel like in St. Louis, that is urban exploring. You got the abandonment of the city and you've also got rooftops. So it was really cool to do a rooftop again. I haven't done a rooftop since I lived in California. So it's probably been like five, six years since I actually did a, roof, a rooftop. So that was super cool. I did the uh, mandatory dangle. You got a dangle. So I did the dangle, got the shoe shot. It was cool. Uh, scary, but cool. <laughs> I, I'm not like, heights are kind of scary. When I'm on a roof, it's kind of scary. Cranes, scary. Skydiving, I'll do it all day. But yeah, 
It's it's the fact that I don't have a parachute on the edge of a building. It freaks me out. Anyway, so that was super cool. Then we met up with Bentley for, uh, sorry, then we met up with Second Try for dinner. Uh, hung out with him for a little bit, which was super cool to meet him. This is my first time meeting all these people, so very, very cool. Um, I might be going back to St. Louis next weekend for an event that's going on to film a documentary. I'll let you guys know about that. Uh, but if I do go back, I'll be meeting up with, uh, a bunch of other explorers, uh, Josh Metzger and, uh, yeah, so could, could be going back next weekend, but it's hard for me to like justify going somewhere if I'm not getting paid, but I got to like stop that mentality, especially for urban exploring. Uh, I got to do more passion projects this year. I feel like I've done so much work that I haven't had any time to do what I want to do. So I have that trip potentially coming up. And then mid-September, I have another trip coming up that I'm not going to talk about. But it is urban exploring related. Very excited about that. I'll talk about it after the fact. I don't want to, like, blow up the spots or anything. So I'm uh, going to be meeting up with a couple people and exploring some places that I've always wanted to explore. So I'm very excited for that. But, yeah, that is a little update on what's going on with me as far as my stuff goes. But enough about me. Let's get into this podcast Dust Till Dawn, welcome to the podcast. Let's do this. My name is Don. I operate the uh, Instagram page, uh, Dust Till underscore Don. Uh, I've been exploring since 2017, uh, right going into high school. So, I mean, that's that's pretty much it for the introduction of myself. But I've been doing it, yeah, since 2017. Uh, And, yeah, it's been been on the up since, I'll say that. Very cool. So what got you into exploring in the first place? What made you first hear about urban exploring and what was the first place you explored? Well, it's like in a weird way, it was like a transition from, it kind of bled from the, uh, my interest in horror films. I always saw a beauty in the, uh, abandoned building scene from just specific horror movies like, you know, session nine and grave encounters. I think that's like the biggest one. Uh, grave encounters so I always wanted to do it on my own unfortunately I kind of fell into the whole uh, like YouTube uh, exploring thing at the beginning and that was kind of like my like biggest push when I was younger Um, so that was like what I tried to do it at the beginning with the whole like you know GoPro video camera type stuff and it kind of manifested from there. And then over the years, I just uh, transitioned out, kind of saw that it was kind of lackluster and I wasn't achieving what I wanted to achieve in a sense. Cause I was surrounded by a lot of people that were more so looking to do videos, but then they ended up trashing the place or these places. Yeah. All the places that I was doing in uh, like the suburbs of Chicago, uh, they were getting uh, just, rapidly vandalized and blown up like there was um like a rock crusher outside of the city of Joliet. um it's well known now so that's why i could talk about right. it but uh places like those that were like kind of niche and kind of like uh like i want to say super low-key but there wasn't at the time though there was also wasn't super like a big attention to the whole urbex scene but i kind of saw through all the bullshit let's just say like that and yeah, going from 2018, 2019, 2020, growing up too, I just uh, wanted to achieve what I saw. And that was like, yeah, like the pulp preservation uh, aspect of things. So I transitioned from video and that whole, I want to get famous on YouTube uh, mindset to, I want to, you know, let's make some cool art. Let's uh, 
try to channel emotion through the photos and then yeah take take cool photos and preserve the buildings and document history with that yeah i think a lot of people uh forget about that aspect of it especially if they're like you know come up in the the tiktok era if you will i feel like a lot of the urbex videos or if you can call it that i i think it's just like teens destroying shit honestly like i think that they the the urbex community is being wildly misrepresented through those videos because we're not like that the the true at heart urbexers we love the history we love the preservation aspect of it um for you like do you have a certain type of building that you prefer to explore whether it be houses or hospitals or you know anything in between i always loved um churches i can't i can't get enough of churches um uh, more recently i've been uh digging deeper into medical and hospitals and morgues though because of uh, uh the music scene i'm in uh like the bands i like listening to and just like that that original like horror movie roots and, like now i'm seeing that there's so much like art that you can do with like the morgue table like the all that stuff so but that's more from like an artistic perspective but uh, deep down, I think churches for me are like the the absolute like go to, because it's de- it's definitely like a testament to time. I see it as a, you, how you see how religion is fading, yeah. and you see that in real time with these churches clothing uh, like closing down and you know, just being uh, condemned, and it represents like where religion is going. And I'm I'm on, I'm on the side of things like I am religious. However, I do understand why this is happening and it just shows like it's just like it's very blunt it's fading the churches are closing whether or not you know you support the you know support religion or not i think it's cool that you are documenting a piece that was once a very important thing to people like way back when yeah absolutely you know the first time i explored a church i just thought to myself like how could you just abandon the the house of god if you will you know right, right. It, it was it blew my mind i was so baffled by like the whole thought of it but it's definitely a, a fascinating thing i also love churches i think that they're beautiful especially the old school churches now we see more of these like mega churches which almost look like church warehouses or like factories you know cult societies yeah yeah exactly exactly yeah. so it's definitely a different style now i feel but uh, yeah, it's the old school churches are definitely my, my vibe as well. I love that stuff. Um, have yeah, you, I, uh, go ahead. No, I was just going to see, as you said, like, yeah, um, it's, it's hard to believe that they would abandon that. But then when you realize like, like how much, I don't want to say issues, but a lot of, um, like, let's just say like darkness uh, yeah. goes on with the archdiocese yeah. that control these buildings, then you kind of understand why. Yep. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, have you ever gotten permission to explore any places? Oh, all the time. If, if there's ever like, usually I would reach out if I know the building is alarmed or has cameras or the cops would respond within like five minutes or less. I always try to reach out because like that's how you know the owner cares and he doesn't want the building broken into or whatnot or just, you know, they, you just know they care. I have in Chicago, I've reached out to pretty much all the theater owners like i'm i'm in uh i'm at good terms with most if not all the uh, abandoned theater owners and 
they understand like my perspective and I understand theirs. So uh, I've gotten permission through that. And also knowing that like, well, one owner would like, or caretaker would like, he would beat you up if he caught you in the building. But this is before they redid the whole uh, alarm system and cameras. But if he, I've heard that he's caught people and like, he's like grabbed them by the neck or like, like slammed them down. Like, tell me how you got in or I'm calling the police and I'm going to beat the shit out of you before you call the police. So like, that's like what I want to avoid. If the owner is a hostile, the chance of getting arrested is very high or just, you know, alarms, cameras, because you don't want to get caught on camera doing this stuff. Yeah, exactly. For sure. Um, Do you have any urban exploration injury stories? Aside from like a few cuts on the knee and, falling down a water slide like like a small one that my friend tony could probably like he keeps bringing up that like i just like slipped and fell down a water slide but nothing nothing crazy i tried uh wear the right clothing jeans always long long pants jeans um because it's got you know it's got enough layering where you're uh protected from shrubs or glass i mean not not much glass but i've never got anything like devastating or had to go to the hospital just minor abrasions gotcha gotcha uh what about your scariest or riskiest exploration scariest or riskiest um it's been uh, quite a bit of years um i've kind of like mellowed down being in college now like kind of mellowed out so all my craziness was like senior year of high school and like like the summers but um I'd say probably the craziest or like the scariest was a church in Pittsburgh. I can talk about it now because I don't know if it's like sealed up to the point where no one can enter it or they might have, it might, it could be renovated now, but we entered it in. It was already open. Um, Door swung open this, like I'm assuming a nail or like some kind of board was keeping it in place, but it wasn't there when we pulled up and we walked through me and my two friends was in there for, I'd say like two hours. Like we were in there for a good while. And right as we were coming out, walking back to the door, we entered front door, by the way, we see through like the faded glass, like someone was at the door. And then we kind of just like took a closer look and then backed up into the other room. Cause we realized that like the owner or like the owner's family was at the door and was sealing it up as we were inside. Wow. So that, so while that was going on, we were just checking every other like door and window. And we realized that like, no, this place is crazy sealed up. Whoever did some, did work to that door was, he knew what he, he or she knew what they were doing to get it open. So yeah, there was no way out via door or like normal window. But we did find this like I don't want to say second floor window but it was it was it was pretty high up like eight to ten feet and uh, the friend of mine he got it open and then we made that jump and it was raining it was it was not not a good scene and we're thinking that we only have like at most like two minutes to get out of here because they know we're inside probably with you know the no you know the running and all that stuff mm-hmm. um so they're gonna call the cops like if if they didn't already but when we jumped and I was the last one jumping out, the, the family, it was like a family of four, you know, in a van, 
one of them was sealing it up and another one was around the corner because we were we jumped into like this like alleyway and they saw us and she was already on the phone and she was screaming and we took we took off running through like the, like the neighborhoods of Pittsburgh like through like vegetable gardens and stuff like over over like many fences and then we we waited it out um for a little bit in this grocery store and uh the car that we took was uh, one of my older buddies, and he, he he's very well dressed in the urbex scene. Let's just say it like that, because uh, you know older, uh, very he's 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 been doing it from '04 actually, so wow. very very proper. Let's say let's say it like that, very proper. He's got the vest on, like he had like the jacket, so he's like oh, you know he put on his glasses. He's like uh, his you know reading glasses. Like I'm gonna go uh, get the car because we parked on the street and. The chances of them assuming that he was with us was very slim, uh, and yeah, it was slim. And he, but he he detailed to me and my other buddy that was waiting in the grocery store that um, he did get a glance when he took off, and there were like I think two or three cops on the scene, but they didn't they didn't suspect anything, and I'm like ninety nine percent sure we left Pittsburgh after that. That's amazing. What a you got to have somebody that's like kind of stealthy, you know, with their their clothing or whatever. I think that's amazing. Yeah, yeah <laughs> I do. I'm yeah. Like what for him specifically, and I try to adopt that too. But I think there's like a misconception with the urbex community, like kind of being raggedy and like not well dressed. I'm not saying go to abandoned buildings wearing suits and ties, but like there, there's a lot that comes with your appearance. That will help you go unnoticed like that. You don't have to go the extra mile of you know like a you know like a like like that like a you know like a vest and stuff like that. But that's you know that's my boy. But um, just like jeans or like a sometimes a button shirt or like a nice shirt. Like I I do see times and it's kind of funny where friends of mine would just be like I couldn't get get permission. I'm like bro, there's a, there's a hole in your shirt. <laughs> Your, yeah. your jeans are, you don't have a belt, bro. You're, you're not, you're, you're kind of, they're kind of uh, sagging. They're not going to give you permission. You can say you're a student, but your beard's down to your chin or your, your like the beard's all the way down, like the bottom of your neck. I'm, I'm not dishing it out. I'm just saying like, there's, there's extremes, there's extremes out there and you can do, you know, you can do as you wish. Like I'm not, it's, but I'm just saying that if like, there should be a just you know just a smidge of effort when it comes with appearance and urbex because it also could help out with cops. You know they look at you and they're just like, "You look like a bum." Yep. Your chances of getting cuffed and taken to jail is way higher than just a, a collared shirt. Maybe I don't know. <laughs> I feel you. No, it's so real. Like it's so real. Um, so something I've done with the podcast. Now I start asking my guests to ask the next guest a question. So I've got several questions that I'll kind of go back and forth with you on. But one that pertains to this very thing uh, is from Zach Visuals. And his question is, where do you draw the line on risk? Ooh, that's a, yeah, that's a good question. I do like that. Um, I like to get risky. Um when I was younger, I had definitely like, like a completionist mindset with like, yeah, with Chicago, even if it was the most garbage spot, I would want to do it. But as of recently, I kind of, yeah, started thinking about risks and I, I don't, I think the risk would be drawn at the federal level. 
sure. Like it has to be like you have to know the way and you're going to come out because if you're going to do a like there's two angles to look at it. If you're going to do a place that you know that they're going to pull up on and they're going to throw the book at you, don't do it. Or B, is the shot worth it? Because a lot of people do it just to explore. And I have a lot of good friends that just do it, just freehand do it with phones. And they're fine. Like they're, they're at more of, a, I don't want to say pure comfort level, but they're at definitely like they're in and out. Like they don't have to, like with me and my other friends, like set up tripods, get the right. camera out. Like that is a risk at its own. And you got to like, like weigh in is that, is this photo, this one photo, maybe two for a spot, is it worth it? Is it worth risking your basically your life over? Yeah. And yeah. I, I, yeah, and I think that most spots are not worth it. But then that's where you know, like the whole completionist, like the just the drive and like the you know, like in quotes, like hunger and urbex. Like, mm. yeah, like the, the the cops come in five minutes. I'm gonna run that church. I'll sit up the tripod, take that shot, take that shot, and leave. Yeah. But then there's bigger ones like the the power plants. Yeah. Yep. Or the like the jails or the prisons, like yeah. they walk in on you. You're not. There's no convincing them otherwise. Is it worth that turbine shot? Is it worth the jail cell shot? If it's that dangerous, where you're doing suspect things to get into on state or federal property, no, because you don't know if there's a camera in the corner watching you cut a hole in the fence of federal property or stuff like that. You don't know. Yeah, it's true. I mean, and you know, people, people will try to push it for the shot, for the experience, for the story. But like, yeah. sometimes it's just not worth it. And sometimes you don't even know, like, for example, you talked about how you started like watching YouTube at the beginning and we're trying to go that route. And Sam and Colby, they were arrested on federal charges because they were on a construction site in Florida and they didn't know that construction sites in Florida are actually federal property in the state of Florida. So they got caught, arrested and charged with federal uh, trespassing. So they they documented it all. And they documented it all. So it's like they they fucked up, but they didn't know. But that, that goes back to like, do your research before you go to a place, you know, you have to do your research before you do this stuff. It's not just like, willy-nilly just like oh that looks cool let's go there you know you got to put in the time and the footwork before you go hit spots because of things like this because of the the risks that you could be taking and going to one of these places um for you has anything ever made you want to stop exploring or take a break like any like experiences that you were like hold up i gotta like take a step back yeah there was um an issue out in Cleveland. I can't get into too much detail, uh, not knowing uh, I got to look up the statute of limitations. Mm-hmm. But um, it was, in short, there was uh, it was me and another person, uh, and we got arrested. Um, and there was a lot of like scares and worries of um, indictment uh, in Cleveland, and like standing before a um, like the grand jury and stuff like that. Like it could go to like the Supreme court, like the case. And it was like, yeah, over trespassing. And I don't know if they try to rope in breaking and entering. Um, I, yeah, I, I, like I said, I wish I could detail it, but I can't. Um, but it did result like, no, like no charges, no, nothing. Um, I walked away. Uh, fine. They did hold my gear uh, as evidence for like, uh, investigations, but they found nothing. And yeah, what I said to them was true. 
I'm not going to go and be like, no, it was a false arrest. But, um, you know, what I said was true. But I did find out that the person that I was with uh, contradicted everything I said, essentially. And I think that's what got me uh, thrown in jail, uh, as with him. But uh, I can't say that for sure. I don't want to, like, put that on him. But I think that's what I'm thinking when, you know, they separate you and they ask you, like, the whole, like, what happened and it doesn't line up. I think that's what, like, really really got us or got me yeah no for sure um so what do you do when you're not exploring abandoned places like what's your normal life like uh i do the exact opposite so if you look at it in this lens where you know i'm documenting the end of a building's life the uh the fall the uh, decay all that stuff but in my out, out of that you know, I work in construction. I'm seeing the birth of buildings. I'm wow. building, yeah, building houses, managing property, and uh, yeah, fixing places up. And I'm also uh, going to school, uh, college, so I'm studying. So just studying and working, just normal. Uh, attend attend concert shows like the the metal scene, and yeah, very cool. Very normal. cool. Just normal outside of the whole like. Oh, when the night comes, oh, then now you're like in like the whole like cool i don't even know how to say it without laughing like the whole like cool underground like yeah like exploring abandoned buildings type ambiance no it's true man and as a fellow metalhead myself you know i love mixing the two i film a lot of music videos in abandoned places i think that they make really cool settings and they're unique and you can't rent them you know you can't just like rent a abandoned church you know you just have to be there and film the thing 100 percent but that's awesome that you do that. I didn't. I didn't know that. That's actually yeah. what I was um, saying to my one friend. I got two friends that are in the whole metal scene. And I was like, "Yo, with these local like death metal, uh, black metal." But I, I'm more favorable towards black metal. Sure. And I'm going to these shows and I'm taking yeah, taking band photos and like sending it to them and posting it too. Like if you saw a few, but I was like, I want to like start like proposing like. I'll do promo shoots at abandoned churches and it would totally go with the whole like, you know, black metal vibe or For like sure. a music video. So that's, that's actually awesome. I, I don't see too much of that. I know it's big in Europe, but I haven't seen much of it lately. Yeah, definitely. I I work for bands on tour, off tour locally. You know, I do all, all that stuff as well as a content person. Um, but yeah, I mean, to the, the difficult thing really is trying to film in an abandoned place with a full band because drums are loud. There's no way around it. Yeah. You know, you can't, you can't be quiet and play the drums, especially if you're in a deathcore band or, <laughs> you know, whatever. Uh, so that's, that's the one thing I've run into, but I've done a lot of like solo stuff at abandoned places and promo shoots. I've done a ton of promo shoots in abandoned places. I feel like they're, it's my favorite setting, you know, and they're all unique. Oh, yeah. And they change every time you go there. Um, but for you, if you could live in one place you've explored for an entire week, which place would it be? Uh, Linwood Hall before they added all the security. <laughs> Good answer. Uh, that's the most livable one. There's a bed in there. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, I mean, I think that's the most livable one that I've uh, I've done. I'm, uh, I think yeah, mansions in general. I don't think yeah. anyone will want us. I, I mean, I know people that have slept in abandoned churches and prisons and all that stuff, but uh, I think I'm okay. I'm all right. <laughs> I would I would in certain circumstances like that early like two a.m. three a.m. pre-dawn get a, yeah yeah. I've I've taken a nap 
you know, sure. well, scared that outside there was security driving around this power plant. But I got an hour in, woke up to the sunrise, to the turbine hall, and, you know, Sick. continued on from there. That's but, uh, hey, speaking of power plants, so I do got, you know, another another story from 20, COVID, COVID year, 2020. Let's hear it. Um, power plant that I was put on by a friend who I don't think explores anymore was in like, he did YouTube, but was like more smart about it than most. And he had a power plant up in Pleasant Prairie, Wisconsin. It's gone now, but we pulled up on it or he told me about it. And I pulled up on it. Um, in the September, I think September, October of 2019 twice. And it was pretty activated on the site. I think I know someone that got caught there too, but it was pretty activated. Couldn't really do it. And then I did, was, I, we managed to do it when I went with him, the one that put me onto it. And, but I didn't like my photos. So I said, let's go back during COVID thinking that it would be okay. <laughs> right. Did the whole train walk, just walked right in essentially. But then we started noticing like, hey, the garage, like the, like the, the big, you know, loading doors open. And while we were walking to the conveyor belt, like the coal conveyor belts, we heard a dog barking, but it's a big field. You think that, oh, okay, it's just probably just a you know, coyote or a wolf. We go in. I have my new camera at the time. I'm taking way better photos. The whole place is lit up now because it was under abatement. We found out that it was under abatement. So they had the whole place wired up. It's like, it was beautiful. Wow. It was beautiful. Like when I went there in 2019, the whole thing was shut off. So to see the whole place lit up, it was awesome. And right, I was taking handheld photos because of the scares of just like there's them, you know, there's potentially security. Yeah. Start realizing that, okay, that door is open, uh, the loading door is open, that dog barking, like it could be, there could be security in here. Right. Or someone watching the abatement process. Fortunately, right out, right as I was like, okay, I'm going to take out my tripod and get like this nice, you know, three shot bracket of the control room dog just going nuts like down the hallway barking nuts and i grab my stuff uh, my friend i think my friend has a video i gotta find the video I'll probably send it to you but um we run out and we run down the stairs way right all the way down to the ground floor because i think the control room was on like the third or fourth floor what was cool though is that the person I don't know if the person took notice to us there. I mean, he, he had to have heard us because the floors were squeaky. It was like, like you know, a nice polished um, oh, yeah. power plant floor or control room floor. So they, they most likely heard us, but the dog wasn't let go, which was a silver lining for sure because we were <laughs> fucked up if the, door, if the dog came up after us. I don't think that it would have been able to run down the stairs because the stairs were like, the, the open spiked stairs. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. So we were fine, but we took off and we ran. Didn't take the route we took in. We were like cutting through like tall grass, like 10 foot tall grass and <laughs> came out. I don't think you could have more mosquito bites <laughs> like ever. It was gross. 
But yeah, I mean, that was yeah, that's another one of the crazy stories. But once you go through enough of them, you then you try to play it way safer, and you don't yeah. wanna you don't wanna risk it. And then like how you asked about permission, um, then you start wanting to reach out more because you're fine. You you know you're in a way when you're like not like now like nineteen, you're bulletproof essentially like when yeah. when i was younger 17 18 16 i didn't really do that like crazy stuff but you are bulletproof at that at that time and i'd say that it will wear off you know once you get older i'm definitely not gonna put myself in that kind of risk when i'm like in my 30s right even now like with going through school when i was going through that whole like indictment scare the first thing i was like if my school like if i was charged and my school finally like, found out about it like oh, that's sure. like, I don't know if it's a dismissal, but that's definitely like, you can take my financial aid away. Yeah. Oh, like for they, sure. Like they ask you on, they ask you on your um, application. I remember last year and they asked you on the application, have you been to jail? Have you been arrested? I'm like, no, I have not. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's, uh, it's crazy. You know, it's like, uh, it, the risk is you, you just, it depends on you as a person and your life trajectory you know, and like what's going on in your life. Like, but yeah, you're right. The older you get, the more consequences you have for things like this. It's so true. Um, for, for social media, uh, how'd you come up with your username and how has social media helped or hurt you as an explorer? That's that's also a wonderful question. I actually had an older Instagram account that I've, you know, just, it's still up and I've changed the name for that one. It was like, it was a bigger it was a bigger account than what I have now mm-hmm. um the original account and it was going good like it was it definitely like was I was on like a decent path with that one but then I realized with you know the few arguments that I had with other people um with the, like the TikTok scene especially yeah. like I was bringing bad attention to my account and some of these people that they're not they're not nice like they will like I've heard stories of they'll look for you where you live. Like they'll look for people that you know and then send information and just like, just outright like look to get, like look out to get you, whether yeah. it'd be like just putting your name out there. Cause a lot of people don't put their real names out there um, or just like, just stuff like that. Like, you know, you conceal your identity to a degree. So I thought like with the whole beef and stuff, like not beef, but like just like calling them out. Um, it was just bringing bad attention to my account, that account. Yeah. And it was less of the, the art portfolio that I wanted it. And it was becoming more of just like a nuisance in the sense of just like, now it's just, yeah, you know, the original Urbex people that we all know and love on Instagram, like the, you know, the main ones and a lot of those, like, I would say most of them are great. Most of them are great. They're doing, they do, they're doing what they love. I, I, I don't have any hate in my heart for like yeah for pretty much all of them but then there's going to be like the little ones here and there that are just causing a problem and bring that uh false narrative of what urbex is you know yeah. is actually not and that kind of you know plagued my account gotcha and stuff was put out there and i was just like all right accounts close this is just a i don't even know what that account is anymore but i made this new one uh dust till dawn because it's like just a spinoff uh Quentin Tarantino movie like that's yeah, just like great. kind of putting all the 
like putting everything under that umbrella of abandoned buildings, horror movies, mm-hmm. and like even like yeah, like the, the metal music. It all falls into like a very, um, like a like a sibling type category. They all kind of you know like in a web almost. Right. So yeah. I used yeah I used Dust Till Dawn, and then like my name like the last three letters are you know D O N Don. So it worked out. Yeah, it's perfect. It's it's amazing. When I came across it, I was like, oh, yeah, this this guy for sure. That's great. You know, we love the reference, love Quentin Tarantino in general. Just a great filmmaker for sure. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. I had a lot of names, but I was playing with a lot of names because Don, there's so much. Um, yeah, there's so much you could do. Dawn of the Dead. All that, yeah, yeah. All that stuff. Um, Dead by Dawn. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but <laughs> I think Dust Till Dawn was more, uh, more appropriate, you know, because I don't want to. You know, scare some peeps or something like that. I mean, maybe for Halloween, I'll, I won't like, I'll just kind of like put it out like this is like the dust or the like the Dead by Dawn collection for, there you go. for October or something. That's cool. I love that. Um, so, another question that somebody else had is from Exploring with Nomad. And his question is Do you have any good luck charms when you go exploring? Ooh, good luck charms. Um, I think being religious is in a way for me and you know the way that i you know i perceive religion is you know is in your hearts i I don't really believe in organized religion or just like you know outright just you know like church is fine but like the amount that there's there's a lot like there's extremities and i just think for me like religion is a very personal thing but when i go to these buildings i i say a prayer but for myself and then for my friends but that's to me I feel like that's in a way a good luck charm because, you know, when I do that, I'm at ease because there's a lot right. of, you know, like there's a lot of um, anxiety for some places, Yeah. Um, for some bad spirits. Sure. Then when you do that, it, it kind of brings a good luck charm uh, to you or, or to the group. And you kind of feel like when you do that, it relieves the anxiety, it relieves the stress or the dangers or even like, yeah, just that whole that whole vibe of oh, the cops are coming or, or something or some stuff like that. Or like, you know, I, you know, I don't want to, I don't know how much you uh, have um, experience like with the, you know, spiritual stuff, but I have, I have friends that do believe in spirits Sure. and there are some places that have had like bad energy. And then when you mm-hmm. just bring that, you know, spiritual uh, or religious good luck charm, if you will, you kind of, it kind of just like, it eases like it, it eases the environment and you kind of walk away without like, Oh, I could have gone to jail or I, I, you know, like nervous. Yeah. Yeah. No, for sure. Yeah. I mean the, the dark energy thing is real. I, uh, on the podcast, I call it the darkness because there's no other way to explain it. It's like the you void. look down, you look down a hallway and it's like, like a void. Exactly. It's the like you, you just look down that hallway and you're like, I'm not fucking going over there. That does mm-hmm. not look that feels wrong, you know, and I've, I've experienced the darkness many times in different asylums, especially because there's so much darkness that happened. Yeah. There's just so much bad that happened in the asylums of, of America. You know, I mean, we could talk about that. That, that could do a whole podcast about that, you know, like just the darkness that, that happened here in the American asylum system. Um, but yeah, I, I'm definitely very familiar with the darkness. Oh, yeah. Um, in and out of urbex for me <laughs> but um yeah no it's definitely like a, a scary thing but weirdly for me i never really caught 
anything strange in hospitals. Maybe it's because that I do the whole prayer thing or, but hospitals aside from one in Waukegan, Illinois, but I think the Waukegan hospital that I did, which is demolished. um, It was because we were just completely manic looking for the morgue. Mm. And it just became like, you're going in circles. We spent like almost two hours circling the first floor for the morgue. And it yeah. then at some point, then it becomes like, I don't know if you want to attribute it to the darkness or just, or, or spirits. Like it got hazy after an hour. Like you're going wow. in your maze. Like if you watch, yeah, like grave, uh, grave encounters. Where yeah, they, yeah. Go, they go into the asylum and they can't leave because right. not because they're stuck in there. They're going in circles. It really felt like that. That's but then we find the morgue and, and you play, you know, you play funky music in there, Britney Spears or whatever, enlightens the mood, um, dancing. Uh, it's, it's chill and enlightens it up. But there's, that was a one like major one. And I've been to spots where people have gotten, like, aside from, you know, dying, like, people dying in hospitals. Like sure. I've heard stories of schools that I've been to where bodies were brought in or someone mm-hmm. was murdered there. Mm-hmm. Never had bad energy at those but the one type of place, and I have a friend that could back me up, is that no matter where in the country, the one type of spot that we both had had odd energy at, Scientology churches. Oh, yeah, because they're fucking crazy. <laughs> it is. Scientology churches are definitely like, and churches should have good energy, or you know that you. For some, like you know, going in, you're kind of in quotes, like you have, like you're not bothered or you're welcome in quotes right, right, or not. Right. Every time, it's just something goes wrong. Something, not not necessarily police, but someone's in there. Something, just things happen that you just can't explain. So weird. you just can't explain. Such a weird type of place, Scientology um, churches. Yeah. Um, there's there's one for a story like like a part like more for me like solo because i do like a lot of these places you know you go with you know like your main your main crew or your main friends or your you know or fellow artists um the one i linked up with uh a local uh friend in ohio and would not really expect that one to have bad energy until I found out history afterward. But it was a it was a Catholic church, um, boarded up from the inside, I believe. Yes, it was the windows and everything were boarded up from the inside. The only way to get in was through a connected building going through the crawl space, huh. and the power worked inside. Um, go in there, and we shut on all the lights and. He's having a panic attack. Like, I, it may have been from claustrophobia, but when I was shooting, I've never really had issues with my camera, but my camera would not work at all. Like, it would not work. And the only other place that I've had stuff like that, well, once technically was uh, the old Joliet prison, but that's not really, like, abandoned anymore. And everyone knows, like, in, in Joliet, like, the locals know that the alleged ghost sightings there Mm-hmm. frequent but for this one church it just felt like someone was watching you and was like basically like in a way telling you to like leave like mm-hmm. leave now and the place is i was like it's like top 10 abandoned churches in the country i, I would say that mm-hmm. but no one wanted to be in there for more than 20 minutes like it was just mm-hmm. like 
they were they were like getting manic to leave and i was just like setting up on the balcony where the piano got pushed down from the top and i'm just yeah. standing at the top of it and i just keep looking back at like the corner like this one corner of the room i'm just like no like you know when someone's looking at you yeah but no one's there and it's just such a weird weird feeling and the place is lit up it is, it's a catholic church it's not scientology it's it's in amazing condition um i'm more than happy to show you photos that are corresponding to all of these stories by the way yeah sure but um yeah after uh after we left and mind you that he was just so in such a weird headspace, he would not do the crawl space again. So like we managed to like unwedge the board, one of the boards from the inside and slide out the window. And that got sealed later, like later on, but mm. something was weirdly freaky in there. And then I found out that during when it was open, I think it was either during a renovation or the deco- uh, deconsecration process, someone fell off the scaffolding and died. Oh my God. And I'm like, yep. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, that's <laughs> wild. Holy crap. I'm not trying to go out there on the podcast and say, you know, go surreal, but Yeah, yeah, I guess there there are some things you can't explain. Sure. And I'm also promoting that Halloween is coming up too, so it's a good yes. time to talk about this. <laughs> <laughs> Let's go. The best season, spooky best season is here. Season. It is here. I think Starbucks just brought back the pumpkin spice latte. I don't know. I don't It did. I I, I, I had one today. <laughs> I had one today. I didn't know. It's officially spooky season, everybody. Here we go. Um, all right. So knowing what you know about exploring abandoned places and, you know, being able to like hide from others if need be, how long do you think you would survive the zombie apocalypse? Ooh. I mean, I think it's a given. I would hope most explorers know how to survive. You just got to go for the malls. You got to go. Yes. <laughs> you got to go for the malls have to because that's like the best place to stock up um even if the inside just kind of get grimy yeah you have the roof definitely have the roof absolutely um and then also you know you know everyone has their spots that they don't share and the spots are in good condition uh prisons and some churches and some schools and they have power they do yeah so everyone will go like i'm sure like the number one place to go is with power and places to lock up so i i think i I, me personally would definitely survive for a long time um but as with most i I would hope most of the urbex community i think we we have a leg up definitely leg up i think we do um yeah no because you also because like you know gotta in in real life practice you know i mean we're not you know sealing up the place for for zombies, but we do have to lock up going in there, you know, yep. so the cops don't come in or security or just a vagrant. Yep. Like we yeah. are, we're already preparing in a way. Exactly. The amount of times that we've locked ourselves in with our own padlock on the inside, like, dude, I, I, I would be a wealthy person. <laughs> I've actually never, I've never, I've actually never heard of that. The, yeah. the lock inside. I, 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 I know like dead, like dead bolting is probably as far as I've gone or maybe like wedging it with like, you know, a piece of two sure. by four, but I've never heard that. Did yeah. You know? so a, well, a friend of mine uh, kind of introduced it to me. We were in a movie theater in California and uh, he wow. picked, he picked the lock 
and he had his own padlock with him, but he picked the lock to get in. And then we went in and he looped the chain backwards. So like from the outside to the inside and he padlocked it so that nobody could come in because we were in like a really fucking sketchy part of town. And, uh, he was like, this way nobody can come in while we're in here. And I was like, that is genius. Genius. (laughs) No, that's actually really smart. I do like that. Yeah. Um, so do you have a question that you would like to ask the next guest on the podcast? Ooh. Hmm. I'd say this in the surge of a lot of urbexers and a lot of just explorers wanting to chase that, you know, the internet fame in a way, not like with their, you know, pictures or like the TikTok videos. Mm-hmm. How, how, like, let me see. I'm going to think about how the best way to phrase this. Like, what would it take you to sell out? Ooh, okay. Or okay. would you sell out? Like, would you sell out your, like, not the Urbex code? Yeah. The, like, but, like, the protection to the spots, the, you know, the the main, not rules, but, like, the main, your your original. Like our passion. code. Yeah, yeah, the passion and then the protection. And, yeah, essentially the artistry that comes with the photos and the documentation and the historian perspective, would you sell that out for money? Like, would you sell out? So – What's your answer to the question? If you ask me this question, I'd say my first year at college, I would probably lean towards yeah, like the money side. But now I don't. I I can't. Like I went. I reverted back to what is dear and passion passionate to me. Just seeing how I I've seen people sell out. Yeah. Uh, and I just, yeah, I just can't do it. Cause when you see the destruction of the building in real time, yeah, it, it does hurt. I know that they're not, it's not your building. But then you realize that like what comes first and that's like the exploring, the passion to explore, to be places that you, that most people don't go to and then documenting that history and then cementing that into time. It's like, you know, documenting the past to forge your own future in a way. Right. Um, but however, there are beautiful uh, examples of people that can do both. Sure. My great, my uh, one of my best friends, he manages to do both. You know, like sell prints. Like that's, I think that's a beautiful way to capitalize on it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, um, or books. Yeah, yeah. I've got two photography books about urban exploring, and you, you know, while it's my least profitable thing that I do. I I love it. I love that more than anything. I love you know getting to sign them and mail them out to people and have them s- display them on their coffee table or on their shelves. I think it's a, a really cool way to like kind of uh, take your art and I, I feel like as photographers we don't print our work out enough. You know, it's not like back in the day you had film you had to print it out to see it. I, I feel like that art is kind of lost. So. I, I'm a big proponent to printing your workout and I've got all the photography in my house is, is photo prints from abandoned places. So each room is like kind of set up in a different uh, style, if you will. All right. You got to run, you got to run it back to the old times when things were yeah, like, uh, displayed on walls and it was yeah. art. Galleries. Like I love that whole thing. Like I really do hate the whole, like, you know, like the video, like, I do like video documentation, but I do, I don't like the whole push that it's just strictly video, strictly TikTok. Like, yeah. Yeah. Like, it is, it is a big push. 
and it's unfortunate. And yeah. you know, I think that's why things like Vero exist. Like Vero, the social media app is like, I think it's strictly photos. I don't think you can post videos on there, but that's great. But yeah, yeah like, like as you said, with the, you know, the photos and prints around your house, like that's like, I feel like that's integral. If you are on the more the artist side, like, you know, what's passionate and how you sit with the books. Like that's clearly like, that's, that's passion. Like you're not making the money, but yeah, is that putting your art out there for people or putting your, what your, what your eye can only see and no one else, but in the way that with these books and prints, then they can see your lens, you know? Exactly. So my last question for you is what is something, you know, now that you wish you knew when you started exploring? Ooh. Well, that's a good, let me think here. Um, I'd say just, you know, like you got to find, you know, find uh, the right crowd that makes you think really. I mean, you meet so many people, there's so many people and in a way you are representative of the crowd and the people you hang out. I did learn that right away. So I'm not really saying like, I wish I knew that. Right. I mean, I do wish I knew that when I was 16 and starting it out because that probably would have prevented some missteps. Mm-hmm. But being retrospective enough, um, just stick with the crowd that makes you be, you know, stick with your passions and you're doing what you love and you're not sacrificing the place or you're not like changing up on like, the whole, you know, the whole uh, moral code with urbex because when things are getting thrown at you or, you know, you start doing other things and it will, it will change up and then you don't realize that you kind of just like the build, like the building and the whole place is like destroyed and like for what, like a few, like a hundred more likes on an Instagram post or like a, your inclusion in a TikTok video or inclusion in a YouTube video. Mm-hmm. You just got to stick with, um, yeah, with the roots, I'd say, yeah. just stick with the roots. And I mean, I was reminded very well about that. Um, uh, more so recently uh, about that, because how I said, um, if, if you asked me that question about selling out, if you asked me that uh, my first year of college, it would be, uh, I would definitely lean more in the, in the capitalization uh, side of things. But when you're reminded, um uh, I'd say buy a muse, <laughs> um, you know that you stick sticking with your passion and sticking with the right people and sticking with what makes it, you know, wholesome and makes it your, uh, to the architecture of your soul. You're sticking to your architecture of the, uh, your soul is what, um, you have to remember. And that's what you have to know the best way to, um, you know, like honor that aside from just, you know, sticking to, you know, like what, what that means, like with the morals and this, what makes you, you is also being, you know, being good. And I'd say that the right now kind of just thinking back to, you know, the history of just with early, you know, like my history with Urbex, I think a lot of people can relate is that just don't immediately judge someone or cause issues or cause like breakups like friendship breakups because of a like reason a b c d and like unless it's like you know 
crazy. Like if it, you know, if it, if it entails like assault, racism, or, you know, bigotry, like, sure. Like that's, that's a very valid reason. But it's, if it's like, oh no, don't explore this person because they're, they're just weird or stuff like that. Like just don't, don't bring a judgmental mindset into, into this. Like, I wish I knew that when I was younger or just like, don't explore this person because like, I don't explore with them or I, I don't, I don't like their work or I don't like this or I don't like that. If it's just like some like artificial garbage. Yeah. Don't do that. And I know a lot of people, I want to see a lot, but quite a bit of people do that. Yeah, for sure. It's I'm very, sure. Like, gatekeepy. Yeah. The, the gatekeepy stuff or it's just like, I don't like, Oh no. Yeah. This is the best way to say it. I don't like the way they explore. Mm-hmm. Cause I think like thinking back, I think that's kind of garbage because if you just talk to some people, and then you share different perspectives, then it can always move forward and sometimes move better. Yeah. You don't have to, you know, force a friendship, but you, you know, you take out those like whole, like the whole like judgmental crap. You can meet some cool people. You can meet some cool friends that would not have happened if you just maintained the, I don't like the way they explore or I don't like their internet presence. Like that immediate artificial judgment. Yeah, absolutely, man. I completely agree. I feel like a lot of people are very like that, you know, and even people that, you know, I get DMs sometimes about the podcast or, you know, comments that people will leave that are negative or like saying crap about the way I interview or that I have people on over and over again. Like some, some people I like to talk to multiple times, you know, so it's like people will just complain to complain uh, to have something to say. And to my my when it comes to the podcast if people are talking shit about the podcast i'm like okay well start your own podcast then if you don't like mine one you don't have to listen to it two you can start your own podcast and do it the way you think it should be done yeah. and like this this was the first urban exploring podcast and now there's four i think uh which yeah. is awesome you know i love that the community's growing and i love that people want to share their stories and interview other people i think that it's a great way to build this community up rather mm-hmm. than tearing it down exactly. so, yeah and that, yeah, and that's for me. Yeah, like that's like that's a beautiful way to say it. And for me, that kind of doesn't really like. I don't want to say I don't associate. It's like I'm not. In, let's just say I'm not involved in the community aspect, but I'm still like supportive. Sure, and it you're definitely. Still, you're still yeah, in the community. Yeah, yeah, yeah of course. <laughs> but like with how TikTok is doing yeah, things, yeah. like yeah. if yeah, how you're saying that there's hate towards the podcast. Like I don't see. For me, like, I don't see why that's a thing. Yeah. There's, there's no negativity. Like, you could, you could have um, an issue with an individual explorer. Sure. Let's just sure. say that, Alex. Or, but I, I don't see, like, if there's nothing wrong, if there's no negativity, like, no one's going to jail over this podcast or anything. Right, right, yeah. Or it's just, like, it's just there's no reason to complain. Because if you think about it, this is your creation. Like, this is your, like, in a way, your child. This is representative of the architecture of your soul and you are doing something that is dear to your heart. What's the point? Like, why, why do you, you know, why do you hate on that? We're not, you're not out here listing out pins. No, no. <laughs> but I'm just saying like, if, if it's, yeah, if, if, if you're not, if there's no wrong done, uh, why even complain? And why, why kind of like beat at, you know, or try to tear, tear down that architecture of the soul. I'm going to keep saying that because it sounds cool. Yeah. 
beautifully said, man. Uh, well, thank you for coming on No Tracers. If people want to follow you online, let them know where they can find you. Uh, Instagram, really, right now I'm looking for other outlets. Right now it's Instagram at dusk till underscore dawn. So that was Dust Till Dawn. Dawn, thank you for coming on the podcast. It was awesome talking to you and thank you for sharing such great insight and such heartfelt, you know, the question, the answers were so genuine and I hope to meet Dawn one day. I hope to explore with him. I feel like he's a super, super skilled photographer and I love seeing his stuff. So if you want to give him a follow, his links are down in the description. Thank you for listening to this episode of the No Tracers podcast. I really hope you guys enjoyed it. If you did, please leave a rating and feedback. And if you want to come on the show, hit me up. No.tracers. Let's get you on. All right, guys. I'll talk to you next time. Stay strong. Keep enduring. Go out. Go explore something. And remember, leave no trace. <laughs>